Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And thank God for His mercy and His goodness. And if you are ever in the Colorado Springs area, this is the place to be. God is here. I said God is here. I said God is here. That's that's all that matters. I said God is here. My Lord and my God. And I want more come out with you as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord, I sense his presence. My Lord. And no matter what you are faced with, we serve a good God. I said we serve a good God. We serve a good God. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. 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 And you see, don't be afraid of the devil. He's defeated. Jesus defeated him on the cross. And when you know your position in Christ, it makes all the difference. But when we pray, we cooperate with God in what he wants to do. And there will be a mighty outpouring in that nation. And that nation will not be the same. Amen. Amen. And thank God you get to be a part of it as well. All right, let's continue with our Bible lesson. We started in the book of James, and let's go over some highlights, and then we'll continue. James chapter 1. James, a bold servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, greetings. Someone will say, I'm not scattered abroad, but a greetings are to you as well. Amen. (laughs) But we talked about the fact that James was the Lord's half-brother. There are five people in the Bible called James in the New Testament. And he happened to be one of the five. And notice that even though he was a half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, he did not really get saved till after Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection. And we talked about the fact that he referenced the fact in 1 Corinthians that when Jesus appeared, he said he appeared to 500 people at once and to James, the Lord's brother. So he singles him out and appears to him, and at that point, he switches from wherever, whoever he wants, and he becomes a pillar in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He was one of the apostles in the church in Jerusalem. And we talked also about the fact that, notice, he uses a bond servant, a bond servant. That means that he is a bond servant. It's like a, a slave or someone who serves and yields their desires to someone higher than them. And it's a great act of humility. And you see, I mean, one of the reasons they tell us probably why he never, uh, the Bible, we look at that verse as well. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And his own brothers did not believe in him. So imagine living in the same household with Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was without sin. And you are going with somebody who is without sin. And every time you commit a mistake, you are compared to him. <laughs> Can you not just be like Jesus? He's, I mean, perfect, sinless. Just be like him. He said, No way, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> but later on, it's a great act of humility. After Jesus appeared to him, he yielded his life completely to his half brother, the exalted Jesus Christ. And his life was never the same. And I may be speaking to somebody, maybe you have been rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ for whatever the reason is. You once knew him and for some reason you have disconnected. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, may you be reconciled back to him. I said may you be reconciled back to him. 
in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. He says to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, the great persecution that rose up in Acts chapter 8 caused them to be scattered. It's like seed. A farmer in those days could plant seed in an orderly fashion or sometimes they will scatter the seed. And as a result of the persecution and the difficulties that they were, they were scattered abroad, all over the place. They have lost their jobs, their nice homes, their friends, the, I mean, the, the, their environment. They are in a different environment. And so they write a letter to James. And he, as a good pastor, begins to answer their question. James is a practical book. It addresses some of the issues when the Christian race, when, where, we, where we, so to speak, when the rubber meets the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's mailboxing in that day, in and day that with all these people reaching out. And then he begins to write to them and answer their questions. And I pray as we go through that may we experience the liberty that God has for us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's, let's continue from verse 9. He says, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, but because as a flower of the field he will pass away, for no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the ground. If its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes, so the rich man will fade away in his pursuit. Verse 12, so here he gets, wants us to get a perspective that, look, uh, we are only here for a very short time. Even if you live to be 120 years, it's still relatively short compared to eternity. So he said that put eternity in perspective. Now when he gets to verse 12, he says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to, to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So because of what they are going through, some way, somehow, they remotely, in, in the Greek, he says when, he, when they are tempted, uh, off. They are, for some reason, thinking that remotely God is behind the test and the trials that they are going through. And he said, no, 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 stop that thinking right now or you can run into problems. He says, verse 14, for each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire and enticed. So he says, don't when you are going to a test or a trial or tempted, you see this word tempted, the idea here is, you see, when the devil tempts, the idea is to bring you down. That is what he did to Jesus after Jesus had fasted and prayed uh, for 40 days in the wilderness. But when God tests anybody, the idea is to bring you up and to make you a better person. In Genesis chapter 22, for instance, when God tested Abraham, he uses that same phrase, God tested Abraham. The goal was to let him pass the test, not for him to fail the test. And for Abraham to come out better than who he was before. Uh, sometimes we visit people in the hospital. One of the questions that we ask is, how are you doing today? Because uh, if the person was doing all right, they wouldn't be there. If you said, are you well? Is that, well, I, I mean, Pastor, I, I mean, if I was well, I wouldn't be here. 
So, <laughs> so the question is, how are you to doing today? And, and re usually the response you get, they, they'll say is, better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing better than yesterday. So when you go through a test or a trial, the goal is that you come out better than when God tests you. You will come out better than where you started. So it says that, look, get rid of that thinking that God is behind what you are going through with the goal to bring you down. No, 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 no. Don't think that way. No. God is the one that wants to bring you out and bring you to a better place than where you are. He says, blessed is the one who endures temptation for when he has been approved. Key issue. He will receive the crown of life. That crown, right crown there is Stephanus. That's where we get the word Stephen. When you have been approved, when you have gone through the test, when you have gone through the trial, he talks about verse 9, the lonely brother. You see, sometimes it's easy to look at what you don't have. <laughs> it's interesting, when someone is single, they are thinking about the person who is married, and that person says, uh, I wish I was married, and, and, and I have what they have. Then the person who is married, who may be going through some difficulties, is thinking that, look, I wish I was single like this person. <laughs> that I didn't have to go through all this. <laughs> so someone is looking at what they have, and looking at, 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 at what they don't have, and looking at what somebody has. And the other person is looking at, it's not looking at what they have, but they are looking at what the other person doesn't have. My Lord and my God. <laughs> may God help us. <laughs> I said, may God help us. But he says, he goes on to say that, look, uh, the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Key issue to those who love him. When you are approved, when you are past this test, when you are past this trial, when you have gone past this temptation and you have been over, able to overcome, you will receive a crown, you will receive a reward. Blessed is this person. That word for blessed is, I mean, to eulogize someone. When you endure, you will receive a crown of life. I may be talking through some, to somebody right now, and you may be going through a difficult time, and you are asking yourself, um, what is the way out? Am I ever going to get out of this? I have come to assure you by the word of the living God that Jesus is the way. And when we cooperate with him, he will show us the way out. He will show us the way out of that situation. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray may God show you the way out. I pray may God show you the way out. I pray may God show you the way out. 
I pray may God show you the way out. He will show us the way of escape. And sometimes the way might not be apparent to, to us. But as we cooperate with the Lord. He will show us the way of escape. I said he will show us the way of escape. With every temptation. He will show us the way of escape. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. First Corinthians 10 13 says. For there is no temptation taking you. But such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able. But with the temptation. Also make a way to escape. That you may be able to, to bear it. God is faithful. With the temptation. He will show us the way out. And the goal is, we looked at the life of James, how his whole family, uh, the whole family was dedicated to the Lord and in his service. I pray may your family be de dedicated to the service of the Lord. God is faithful. Shout it one more time. God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted. Whatever comes is common to man. Solomon got to the point, he put it this way, there is nothing new under the sun. What has been before is what will be again. It may seem unique to you, but it's not, it's not, it's not new. No, no, no. Uh, God has been around for a long time. <laughs> it's, there is nothing that he cannot help you to overcome. I see you overcoming in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then he goes on to say in James 1.13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And usually it starts as a seed in our life. Uh, sometimes someone, someone may get to a point and a place where they say, Oh, I'm, I'm in the church and no one notices me. And gradually they begin to drift off when that seed is sown. And it may get to the point, not only do they drift away from God and from, from the chair, but they drift away from God completely. Uh, no matter what happens, always stay with God and with his house. A certain lady, she was actually the secretary of a man of God. And none, I don't know all the details, but she's completely drifted off to where now she's involved openly in witchcraft. Sin, when it's complete, it says it, it is finished, it brings forth death. The enemy is out to destroy you. Give him no place in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, give him no place in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And sometimes it might start with something small. You see, when you know to do, we'll get to that here shortly. When you know the right thing to do and you don't, gradually you start drifting off. And that seed can result in death. May you not be enticed in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May you not be drawn away in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Verse 16. 
do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. With whom, my God, there is no variableness, no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Don't enter into error. Do not be deceived. Get this thing down. <laughs> it was writing to us. Every good gift. You see, your thinking process, your, the way you think, affects how you believe. It affects the words you speak. And eventually it shows up in your life. So settle this once and for all. If it is good, it comes from God. If it is bad, maybe you made a mistake or it comes from the enemy. There is no evil in God. When evil showed up in heaven in the form of Lucifer, uh, God got rid of it. Yeah, he kicked him out of his domain. You can't come here. You can't stay here. <laughs> there is no evil in God. If it is good, it comes from God. Jesus Christ puts it this way in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, he says the thief, talking about the enemy, the devil, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's Jesus. He's a good shepherd. The thief wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal from you health from you. He wants to steal the blessing that God has blessed you with. He wants to steal good relationships from your life. He wants to destroy. So if it looks like stealing, killing, and destruction, know where it comes from. Then Jesus Christ says, I've come that you may have. Sometimes when you sign insurance, uh, documents they put in some clauses those fine prints that you don't read sometimes they put in there <laughs> they're not responsible for acts of God like earthquake and they list a number of things that they call acts of God but those are not things that come from God what does Jesus say here I have come that you may have not take away from you you may have that you may have, that you may have, that you may have life and have more abundantly. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may that, you see, that life is the word Zoe, the life of God overflowing more abundantly. The abundant life comes from God. So every good 
and every perfect gift comes from above. Ah, the thought is like the downpour of rain when it pours down from above and it floods and overflows. Oh, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Ah, someone is saying if the blessings are raining from above, why am I not seeing them? It may be that you are not in position. And then he says, thank you, Lord. My God, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Oh, my God. Of his own will, so in the midst of the test and the trial, look for the good gifts that are coming from above, that we might be a kind of first fruit. Focus on who he has made us to be. Focus on who, who you are in Christ. Focus on who he has made you to be. And you will see the goodness and the hand of God. Stealing, killing, and settle it, please. Someone say, oh, God put sickness on me to teach me a lesson. Look, there's no sickness in heaven, so where is he going to get it from to put it on you? It's, there's none up there. The blessings come from him. So he says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Then he goes on to say in verse 19. So then my beloved brethren. He calls them brethren again. We looked at that word brethren. Uh, that word it talks about somebody that came from the same womb. But it was also used later on as a military term. By Alexander the Great. He was a great soldier that everybody looked up to him. And one time, when sometimes when his soldiers will come back from combat, he will, he will get down with them on the same stage and hug them and say, hey, Alexander the Great has come down to your level and he calls you a brother. So he's saying to these people, now look, I know what you are going through. Oh, but in the midst of your difficulties, I've come down to your level. And I call you brethren. Or sister, and I like to say. Also, include them. <laughs> but he says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Key issue. Swift to hear. Somebody said, you see, because they are going through a difficult time, he wants them to watch, we'll get down to that later, the words of their mouth. So, he says to them, be swift here, slow to speak. Somebody said that God wanted us to take in more in terms of our hearing than our speaking. That is why he gave us two ears. And one mouth. <laughs> so you hear more. You can learn more by hearing than speaking. 
And because of what they were going through, he says, be slow to speak. Don't make rash statements. Don't make statements that you potentially can regret later. Be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Don't let those outbursts of anger come out in the midst of the test and the difficulty. Because it can cause problems. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Focus on the good. One time there was a missionary. They ministered in three nations, Ghana, Togo, and Burkina Faso. And when they got to you see, the capital of Burkina Faso is Ouagadougou. And Togo is an interesting country. It's just 55 miles wide, but it's 500 miles north, all the way from the south to the north. So when they got to, the, when they got to Ouagadougou, the, the town a little bit south of Ouagadougou, not long after, their seven-month-old child died of black fever. And, and then... When that happened, after that happened, you see, they are going through a test and, and, and a difficult time. Right after that happened, they moved, they said, let's move south, to, to, right from the border of Burkina Faso and, to, and go into the northern part of Togo, a, a town called Dampon. They got there, and the house that they were living in, or the, the, the hut that they were living in, the, the roof also caved in one night after they slept. And you see, in a moment like that, I mean, they, 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 they've come out to do missionary work. Uh, I mean, the town that they were in is just a very small population. I mean, no development there. You can easily question yourself, what am I doing here? <laughs> and then he got sick, the main missionary, all got sick of this, this, this entry for one year, this fever. But after that incident, he knelt down and cried out to God and said, Oh God, give me the strength to continue. That's a good prayer to pray. Sometimes in the midst of the test and the trial, cry out to God prayerfully and say, Oh God, give me the strength to continue. And out of their labors, the church in, in Ghana, Togo, Burkina Faso, I mean, have, they have increased. And then later on, another missionary got there. And he went into one of the villages, one of the towns, with the goal to introduce, and, they, and he, in his mind, he thought that they had never heard of Jesus Christ. So he started and introduced his message by saying, now let me introduce you to someone, Jesus, his name is Jesus. God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for you. And an elderly man got up and responded and said, we don't know who you are talking about, 
But we know another white person that came and gave his son for us. And he was referencing this missionary that had come and his son had perished over there. I'm sure when they were going through that test, when they were going through that trial, they didn't see it that way. But years later, out of that, that test, out of that trial, came that testimony and came all these churches that came as a result. If you can recognize God in the midst of your difficulty, you will see that in the midst of the tests, in the midst of the trial, goodness and mercies are dropping down from heaven with a goal to overwhelm your life. When you have endured and when you are approved, you will receive the crown of life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, no matter what you may be going through, may God help you to see the good God is coming towards you. May God help you to see the good that is coming down from above. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Be slow to speak. Quick to hear. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord. 21. He says therefore. Lay aside. All filthiness. And overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Lay aside. Lay apart. Oh my God. In the Greek, the idea is to get rid of, of and if it says filthiness, is to get rid of your clothes. The idea is when you get home at the end of the day, you lay aside your clothing, your dirty clothes. Uh, you don't stand there, and you see, you see, you have to do it. God, God is not going to do that for you. You don't stand there and pray in tongues at the end of the day and say, in the name of Jesus, clothes come off my body. <laughs> Be unzipped and come off yourself. Unbutton yourself and come off yourself. No, 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 you don't do that. <laughs> so he's saying all filthiness, filthiness, Lay them apart. Lay them aside. Lay aside that wrong thinking. Overflow of wickedness. I like how he puts it in the King James. It's, it, it flows a little better for me. He says superfluity of naughtiness. It sounds more authoritative. <laughs> I like it. Superfluity of naughtiness wickedness overflow the idea is lay it aside or if you don't lay aside the wrong thinking it's going to overflow in your life into other areas and receive with meekness you see, so many times when we think of meekness we, we think of weakness no, but weakness is that you, you know who you are. You know the strength that you have. But you say in the name of Jesus, I am receiving this word, this thought that comes to me from the word of God. And you see, he uses that word implanted. 
They implant it. It's, it's like an implant. When someone receives an implant of an organ, that is not their original organ that they had in the beginning. So immediately the body will begin to reject it. And say, no, 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 this is not, this is not what, what, was, what was here. So they have to give the person medication until the thing assimilates into the body. So when the word of God comes, it's sometimes against the normal way that we think. The way that we are used to thinking, so naturally we reject that word. Concerning any area of our life. The, the tendency is to reject it. But he says, receive with meekness. So the thought that is coming from God's word, which is against the thought that you are the third pattern, which is ending you, which, which is causing, which is showing up in your life in that kind of fruit. The thought is against it. You reject it naturally. But it has to be implanted. It has to be assimilated if you are going to see a change. If you are going to see a difference. So he says, receive with meekness the implanted word. Which is able to save your soul. Let the word of God. Be implanted in you. You see, your soul is not saved. Sometimes, sometimes the terms can get you confused. When we go out to preach and lives are changed, the person that gets saved is the spirit. The saved soul is not saved. The saving of the souls is a process. Paul calls it the renewal of the mind. Because the, the spirit is new, the body is still the same, the soul is still the same. It has to be renewed to think in line with the word of God and with the recreated spirit. And if that never happens, you will continue to remain in the babyhood state of Christianity. So he says, receive with meekness. The thought that is coming, uh, to me, uh, that's not how I'm used to living. That is not how I'm used to thinking. That is not how I'm used. Uh, it's not my natural response. But God wants to change us. God wants us to bring us into alignment with his perfect plan and purpose for our lives. So he says, receive the word with meekness. And that word, as it's received, will begin, will begin to change our mind and will result in the saving of our souls in any area of our lives. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ in this season may we examine ourselves and ask God what area of my life do I need to change to conform with your perfect will because he goes on to say again that look 
but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself doers not hearers only the idea of hearers only the idea is people that sit in a class not with the idea to get credit for, to pass and get credit from the class but to audit, audit the class so they are not in the class with the idea to pass and graduate they are in the class to audit what's going on we have people like that in high school and in college <laughs> and those were the people that never did well in class everything about the professor that is negative they know everything some people even come with the attitude that they know more than the professor <laughs> and when it comes examination time the professor will show them that no you you don't know anything <laughs> no nothing <laughs> so he's saying that don't deceive yourself but be a doer of the word of god whenever you hear the word of god look for the look for what you can do not what you can avoid doing so you see he says but be doers of the word and not hearers only don't let it go one out in one ear and out the other comes in one ear and after lunch on Sunday, it's all gone. Dear Lord. <laughs> Whatever the lunch was <laughs> or is. But be on the lookout for the instructions. Be on the lookout for to be a doer of the word of God. And he used the illustration of a mirror. When you look in the mirror in the morning, you are looking at what needs to be changed. The hair needs to be fixed. The, the face needs to be done. Uh, certain parts need to be changed. Look in that mirror. In, 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 something needs to change before I step out. So look in the mirror. He says the person that looks in the mirror of God's word. And it's not a doer. It's somebody who looks in the mirror in the morning. Or at any point, turns around and forgets what he looks like. Or she looks like. So look in the pure word of God. He calls it, verse 25, the perfect law of liberty and continues. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does that blessed talks about the overflowing blessing the overwhelming blessing that's the destination we all want to get to but there are so many things less together be a doer any area the wrong thinking, the wrong believing, and the wrong speaking has landed you in a certain place. It's for you to see a change, the thinking has to change. The believing has to change. The speaking has to change for anything to happen. 
So the truth of the matter is you've been continuing down a certain path, but you have to ask yourself, what is it producing in my life, in my relationship? You see, people around observe us. Your children are observing how you stand in the test and in the trial. You are making an influence on your friends around you. They observe you. Are you going to cave in? So he says, look into the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of freedom. And it continues. That's the, that's the key issue. It's one thing to be a child of God, to be born again, and you're all happy, and you're uh, you saying, I'm going to do this. But when the test and the trial comes, you cave in. It's another thing to say, no matter what comes up, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I may not have all the answers. Ah, but in the name of Jesus, I will cooperate with God. Ah, I know God is on my side. I know God is for me. He said he will never leave me nor forsake me. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord and my God. I am looking for that perfect gift. That good gift that comes from above. In the name of Jesus. The seed that I've sown in the past. Ah, I expect a miracle today. Ah, today might be the day I see the hand of God. And work in my life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. This test came to sift you. This test came with the intention to let you go under. Ah, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, I serve a God. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Ah, for you are with me. The one who is with me in the valley is greater than anything else in the valley. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, I am not camping in a valley. I am going through this valley. Ah, in the name of the Lord Jesus, when he has brought me forth, I shall be shining forth as pure as gold. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I may not have all the answers, ah, but I choose to stick on God's side. I stick to choose to stick with God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the world thinks a certain way, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, I choose to change my thoughts to align with the word of the living God. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, as I do that, oh my Lord and my God, I will be blessed in my doing. I will be blessed as I make a decision to be a doer of the word of God. Yesterday is past and gone. Today is a new day. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the failures of yesterday are gone. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the God that I serve, he is still on the throne. Ah, my Lord and my God, he is with me all the time. He said he will never leave me nor forsake me. Ah, this may leave me or forsake me, but my God is loyal to me. 
and I will be loyal to him. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I will not let that outburst of wrath take me over. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will go prayerfully to God and he will show me the way out. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I may not have done the word of the living God, but today I make a decision that I will be a doer of the word of God. I see God bringing somebody out. I see God bringing somebody out. My Lord, I feel like preaching here this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. My Lord and my God. Lay aside all filthiness. In my generation. In your generation. Ah. Say I will be a doer of the word of God. I will maintain my consistency in my walk with the Lord. And in the name of the Lord Jesus. It may not look like it right now. Ah, but as I continue. Ah, I will be blessed. And I will be a blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord for your presence. Thank you Lord for your presence. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he talks about the tongue. We'll get into that later. And verse 27, and he talks about visiting the orphans, the widows in their trouble, to keep one unspotted from the well. In other words, true religion, true relationship with God will show forth in our relationship with others and how we treat others. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see God taking someone from where they are to where they are supposed to be. In the name of Jesus. Oh my Lord, I didn't even get to the main point. Quickly, five, 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 five ways to eliminate wrong thinking and receive the engrafted word of God. One, submission. Submission. You have to be submitted to the authority of God. You have to choose to come under his authority. Believe what he says in his word and then do it. Regardless of what, what you think. Or how you feel. Submission. Two. Elimination. Eliminate your own opinions and feelings and anything else that would distract or keep you from submitting to God's authority. Take them off. Lay them apart. Determine not to reach them. Reach out and pick up back thoughts that will keep you from submitting and aligning yourself with God. Three. Make a decision. It all starts with a decision. Decisions. Decisions. Decide that you will not veer from what God says, but you will instead remain committed to the principles of his word. It starts with a decision. Change starts with a decision. Change starts with a decision. And then four, continuation. Continuation. Your decision is not a one-time event. But an ongoing commitment to eliminate wrong thinking and remain in submission to the word of God. Continuation. Continuation. Four. Continuation. And then five. Reception. As you walk out the first four steps, you finally begin to receive the word of God into your life, which is able to, to save your soul. So I'll go over them again. It's one submission. Two, elimination. Three, decision. Four, continuation or consistency. 
And then five, reception. Your life will not be the same again. I said your life will not be the same again. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Let's thank God for his word. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.